Good evening, everyone, and thanks for tuning in to episode 15 of the Matt and Matt O-Scale Train Podcast. I am your host, or one of your hosts, Matt Rochford, and with me, as always, is my co-host... Matt Suzuha. Matt, how you doing tonight? Fantastic, as always. How about yourself, man? I'm good. I'm full of snow. Well, <laughs> not me not me directly, but everything around me outside of my house is piles and piles of snow. Yep. So. <laughs> I hear you there completely. All right. So tonight we are going to talk about weathering engines and rolling stock in O scale. Now, because I don't know much about that subject and I don't not sure if your expertise on that subject. No, I'm not really too much. I mean, I like it and I really appreciate it, but I don't know much about it. So we got someone here who does. We do. We have and I don't know the term. We have a master weatherman or a master weatherer. Something like that. Uh, it's <laughs> DJ from DJ Joe Scale Trains. DJ, how you doing tonight? I'm good. How you doing? Good. Thanks for joining us. Yeah, and thanks, thanks for coming. Yeah, thanks for coming on and talking about weathering because uh, I, I look. I'm looking forward to this. Um, I don't know much about it, but I've been very interested in weathering, and I'd like to try it Ooh. myself. So hopefully, you can kind of give us and the listeners a bit of a lesson and some pointers on you know how we could actually weather our own trains or who we could contact if we would like to get our stuff weathered. Okay. So uh, sure. Um, I could get into how, you know, the thought process I use for weathering the models and, um, you know, what supplies I use. And, you know, of course, if you want to send me your models, uh, I'll give you my contact info at the end. Um, you know, I do take orders to weather models. But uh, for me, I've always liked seeing weathering art, um, especially in HO and in like two rail O scale, it seems to be a much more popular thing to do with uh, more scale based layouts like the HO and the, the two rail. Um, and, you know, I see we see it sometimes in three rail, like Harry Heike weathers Lionel's products and MTH for a short period of time had a weathering artist, not sure if it was Harry or somebody else. I uh, can't remember. It was kind of short lived. And then you got some people that you know, are known for weathering. Uh, one of them on the O-Gage forum is a guy named Cert Steve. He's really good. And, oh, yeah. He's got great stuff. You know, it, it's starting to it's starting to take hold. Um, but for me, my process of weathering, I think, is a little bit different. Um, I don't own an airbrush, and most people tend to use airbrushes. I do everything just with a paintbrush. I do it by hand. Um I have a few different size paintbrushes. I use flat paints. You can use uh, Rust-Oleum or acrylic or anything like that. You know, anything that's not going to eat away the model's decals. Um, and you know, I just go with it. And I have some paint thinner, which is good for getting effects. And sometimes I use the spray paint, spray paint cans for effects too. Best thing to do is look at a photo and then try to make the model look like the photo. <laughs> That's pretty much what I, you know, aim for. <laughs> Sounds simple so, enough. And the same process would go for weathering buildings and stuff like that. So, um, best to start out with like a cheap piece of rolling stock that you, you know, that you're able to mess up. Uh, don't start out with your prized model. Um, get something inexpensive. Um, you know, work on your technique a little bit, work with the paint thinner, 
and um, you know work with different size paint brushes and types of brushes and see what you can come up with. You could also layer, like if you put one paint color on the model and it doesn't look quite right while it's still wet, you could dip your brush in another color and kind of mix it together and that'll give you, you know, don't mix it evenly, but leave it uneven and that'll give you kind of, you know, it'll give you an effect, I guess, kind of like rust, like a multicolored rust or even sand or whatever, um, you know. Don't make everything even. Imperfection is what you're looking for. So, uh, you know, and just have fun with it. It's like uh, what I do. Just have fun with it. Oh yeah, it's like when you look, um, like in the real world, you know, there's no such thing as like a you know perfectly weathered item. You know, you look, there's graffiti, there's you know dirt, there's grime, there's gunk, you know, all over yeah. the place. And you know, really, you know, like you said, the photos. And I think you know, just going outside, you know, if you're like a modern modeler, you know, yeah. go outside, go trackside, and look at all the junk that's on the trains. You know what I mean? And replicate that. Yeah. Yep. And, you know, for me, I like a lot of older models that, you know, aren't on the tracks. So, you know, get your books out, go to Google Image, do whatever you got to do to find a picture of it. And, uh, you know, just basically go from there. The other thing I do, too, is I treat each model as an individual, uh, each piece of rolling stock, each engine. Um, I don't try to use the exact same technique on everything. I try to vary it a little bit. If you look at a freight train of 50 cars or so, you know, some of them are going to be extremely run down and weathered. Some of them or most of them are going to be average. And then you got a few of them that are going to look relatively brand new with maybe just a little brake dust on the trucks. Um, and, you know, that's kind of what you want to go for. You want to replicate that. So that's more of reality. Uh, what I see a lot with uh, the hobby is people, you know, just airbrushing stuff and it all looks the same. Um, for example, steam engines, um, a East coast steam engines, not exactly going to look like a West coast steam engine. There's minerals in the water in certain regions of the country that cause more runoff on some of those older West coast steamers like Santa Fe and union Pacific and stuff like that. Uh, you'll see more streaking on those engines than you would like a, a Hudson or, a, you know, a Pensy steamer. So also Pensy never washed their steam engines. So they were always filled with dirt and dust. So, you know, when you weather a Pensy steamer, it's not really going to look like a B&O steamer. So, you know, studying the history of the railroads and how they maintain their equipment is also important. So there's a lot to it. I mean, it's endless. So when you get into it, you just dig more and more and more and you find more information and, you know, it just becomes more fun. And, and I'm guessing you're looking to do when you're weathering, you are looking to do smaller, more detailed strokes, right? Instead of like just larger kind of let's envelop this whole, you know, whatever it is on the steam engine. Like, you know, you're, you're trying to do precise, like incremental, like um, paint strokes or does it not matter or i guess it depends on like what what actually you're you're on the what your equipment on the actual steam engine your engine you're trying to weather right uh, when i weather a steam engine i tend to start with a basic wash um whether it be you know just a wash of you know thinned out black or uh like brown or gray well black mostly for steam engines and then i build my layers based on that wash um you know, 
you, you kind of start with that. And then once the whole thing is, you know, once the, the uh, steam engine paint is kind of flattened and doesn't look so shiny, then from that point I build my layers of color. So once I do like the black wash, then I'll start working around the uh, smoke box. And, you know, if there's a lot of like exhaust buildup from the chuffing, then I'll replicate that. Uh, also, when you get towards the drive wheels of a steam engine, often towards uh, the ash pan, the wheels tend to look a little more gray, charcoal white. So I, try to, I kind of start there and fade more into that uh, brownish, uh, blackish color toward the front of the steam locomotive. And, you know, then I look for the highlights. Uh, you know, the turret hatch sometimes has some uh, white streaking, some mineral runoff. Uh, maybe a little streaking from the whistle and the dynamo and stuff like that. And then usually the tender has some like water streaks running down it. So, and I add that in, but you know, basically a lot of people just cover it with an airbrush and then do those kind of highlights. And the airbrush to me just flattens the whole model out too much. It takes away the texture. And, you know, I, I, I'm a big fan of, you know, the model looking like you could just walk up to it and, you you know, you could peel off the rust or, uh, you know, run your hand across the boiler and it's covered with soot. So, you know, I try to go for that. I don't use a sealer because I only use paint. So I don't think it's necessary to use a sealer. Um, and I think the sealer also kind of, you could kind of see it. You could kind of, you know, see the protective coating on it. And I think it takes away from the engine. So... Well, sure. That uh, that brings up a question, though. Like, uh, I pulled up a video um, of your Legacy H10, which the uh, Long Island. I have that one, and eventually I'll send it to you for weathering. Which, by the way, that looks fantastic. Yeah, uh, I really like the look of that one. But uh, uh, you're welcome. But that brings up a question. Um, sure. uh, how do you? Uh, you said you don't use a sealer. So, like, what do you do with like when you run smoke, or do you just not run smoke? Um, well, when I run smoke, I will, I make sure I get the smoke down into the wick and then I let the smoke sit for about, you know, 15, 20 minutes before I turn the model on. Um, okay. You know, it's, it, you know, for my models, it's my choice not to use a sealer just cause I don't like it, but it doesn't make it wrong. And, you know, for people that run smoke a lot, you know, a sealer is probably the best thing. Because mm -hmm. eventually, you know, if you just want to fire up the engine and go, uh, the smoke could very easily just splatter onto the boiler. And that creates another mess. So. Yeah, I got the um, I got when I got your S2s, I ran the Penn Central one a couple weeks ago and uh, mm -hmm. I threw it up to full RPMs. The thing smoked me out of the room, which is awesome. But it's like <laughs> I look, look, look on it again. It's like, uh oh, uh, a little problem with the smoke. <laughs> Uh, it got on top of the frame on the shell a little bit. It's like, uh-oh. <laughs> yeah, what I noticed about those S2s from MTH is they're, it seems like the internal uh, components are not sealed very well. Even when you just add drops, uh, the smoke tends to run down the shell. Um, mm -hmm. So I don't know what the deal is with that, but you know those earlier S2s, it doesn't seem like they've sealed uh doesn't seem like they sealed them very well, you know, the smoke units inside. Because uh, I've opened them up and had to clean wires and stuff like that, too. Um, I have a ProtoSounds 3S2, and I don't have those issues with it. So it seems like they corrected it. Well, that's good. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I've got the Staten Island S2. It's actually in front of me right now. 
Oh, nice. That thing is awesome. Yeah. Yeah, I, have, I, mean, I still have to film it. So I just filmed those New York and Atlantic diesels, and uh, the next engine will probably be this S2. Cool. Yep. Um, I got another question for you. On, yeah. Uh, let me pick another one. Let me pick the uh, – how about division line tank cars? Uh, what was your kind of process with those? Those are one of the earliest uh, models I weathered. And you know how I said, don't choose something expensive. Uh, <laughs> yeah. I, those vision yeah. line tanks, I probably could have waited a little bit. Cause I actually weathered them twice. <laughs> the first time <laughs> double yeah, weathered, I went back and corrected a bunch of stuff. <laughs> so those, those look really good. I'm not sure you picture those. And I, I have those as well. Uh, yeah. obviously mine are not weathered. Mm-hmm. Uh, when I looked at Matt's, I was like, Holy cow, those have been through, uh, <laughs> the, those, those have had some, definitely some experience, uh, with, um, uh, with oil. Let's put it that way. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. So there's basically three different looks to each tank car. One of them just has like rust uh, seeping through the cracks and it's still got some pretty good shine to it. Um, there's another one that's got a lot of graffiti on it and just a lot of like, looks like, you know, uh, sun baking and rust. And then there's another one that looks kind of erratic um, where, you know, there's a lot of runoff on the car and a lot of spottiness. And when I was going to work every day in New Orleans, I see a lot of ethanol tanks out there and um, it's, you know, it's something that's uh, brought into the city a lot. And so I just saw all these different looks of the tank cars. So I tried to replicate, uh, make each tank look like something I've seen in real life. Um, I think uh, two of them are still a little bit heavy on the weathering. I might try to fix them a little bit more. But, um, you know, they all look different in real life. So especially the white ones, uh, the, the weathering tends to come through that white paint a lot more than the black ones. So they look uh, yeah, really looks cool. And, looks for three different cars. Oh yeah. they look really nice. And, you know, I think that, you know, it's goes to show that, you know, like you said, you treat everything like an individual car, not as, as a mm-hmm. unit. You know what I mean? I mean, like you could have, you know, let's say a six pack of reefers or something and you would treat, you know, like you said, everyone is an individual car. That's the way to do it. Yep. Yeah. yeah those will, those will look really nice. Location to location too. Yeah. Those ethanol, uh, the ones that you did would look really nice on a siding somewhere just off mm-hmm. track. Uh, you know, it looks like they've been there for a while, a while or something like that. So I mentioned that kind of comes into play too, right? Because, uh, maybe you want to weather something that's not going to be hooked up uh, to a train anytime soon. Or maybe you just have no plans on, um, you know, connecting it to a, a train at all. And you're like, you know what, this is going to be my my siding box car and it's going to be run down and it's mm-hmm. going to, you know, look, look like, like it's been there for like 50 years. Yeah. Yeah. It could yeah. be on like a layup track for, you know, eight years or something like that. Yeah. <laughs> yep. Weed yep. overgrowing it. Yeah. So, yeah, something like that would be covered in rust, you know, probably have all kinds of junk inside of it, too, from people just, you know, camping out in there. <laughs> so cool. You've seen a lot uh, of that in Long Island, New York City. There's a lot of, you know, old layup tracks there with very old equipment just sitting there rotting. So stuff's fun to weather. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Okay, uh, spoiler alert, uh, Subway Talk is coming. <laughs> yeah, I, I kind of thought it might. 
Yeah, right. Uh, your weather R12, the uh, yeah. number, the Third Avenue shuttle. Mm-hmm. Uh, talk about that one a little bit. What, what was your, kind of your thought process with that one? Um, Third Avenue, well, Third Avenue line in general is uh, a line I've always been interested in. Um, you know, it was torn down long before I was born, but I've always just liked the line. Um, I, it's, you know, all above ground. And I think going through Manhattan, uh, on an above ground, uh, train would have been awesome. Um, I, I wish I could do that because all the Manhattan lines are underground. And, um, you know, the third Avenue shuttle represents, you know, the last period of time, the third Avenue line was in service. It, it was just knocked down to the Bronx portion. And those R12s came off the flushing line. They got a coat of red paint and, you know, they just served on the shuttle forever. Well, not forever, but for at least a decade. And they just got old and run down. They were never washed or maintained. And, you know, just they were set up in little four car sets. And, you know, they just look really cool. Um, The thought process behind the weathering on that, I just went to newyorkcitysubway.org and pulled up a bunch of pictures. And that was a project because not only did I weather the models, but I cut my own windows for the R12s because R12s have windows mounted to the outside of the car body, not the inside. Mm. So I wanted to make that, you know, replicate that look too. Cool. It just, it came out pretty good. It was another one of my really early projects. So in my mind, it's not perfect, but I think it looks good. And I think it captures the way the shuttle looks. It captures that old rundown look. And sure. You know, I'd love to be able to build a, you know, one or two stations on that line one day. Uh, I think that would look really cool. So, That'd be cool. But yeah, and then, uh, my thought process behind it was just to try to make it look as real as possible. True. And then uh, kind of the same story with the uh, number one line, the white R12. Oh, yeah. The white R12s. I went nuts with that. Oh, <laughs> I love I love those are awesome, man. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I went nuts with that. So, you know, I, I literally took a bunch of, you know, different color Sharpies and different thicknesses after I put the graffiti decals on, and I just scribbled on it. I, I wrote all kinds of just random words and signatures. Uh, I was dating my <laughs> wife when I did those. So it's one of my, that's another one of my really old weathering projects. And so, you know, I, I, I scribbled her name inside the car somewhere. <laughs> And, you know, I just I, I just scribbled a bunch of stuff that, you know, was kind of personal to my life. And, you know, and then it ended up looking like nasty graffiti. <laughs> so That's really cool. cool. I love those cars. And uh, after I did all that graffiti scribble, I weathered them uh, just with some flat acrylic paint. Nice, nice. Mm-hmm. Uh, let's see. I'm I'm see? just scrolling through your thumbnails of here videos so I can see. Uh, let's see. Let's pick another. Just, How just, about, uh, just really quick. So you don't need any. Um, just for people out there that maybe want to get started, you know, there's like there's nothing really special that you need. Just like acrylic paint, uh, some paint brushes, and I would say that's pretty much about it. And oh, yeah. some some type of reference, obviously. You need reference materials, uh, some paint brushes. Um, you need some time to develop your technique and just, uh, you know, figure out how you want to, you know, figure out how to get the look you're aiming for. Um, you know, it's not as easy as I may be making it sound because you have to learn how to use the paintbrush. Uh, it's not as simple as just, you know, brushing 
you know, paint on it, you know, with horizontal or vertical strokes. There's different techniques you could use a paintbrush for, you know, to get different textured looks. And that takes practice. So, um, you know, you could dab. Uh, you could also, you know, blot with paper towels or, you know, towels or something like that. Uh, paint thinners also give you different looks. Um, so there's, there's a lot to learn from it, um, you know. If you look at a model, it usually doesn't a weathered model it usually doesn't look like it has paintbrush strokes on it. So, you know, that's that's a good point. That's actually yeah. a really good point. That's really you know, good. Sometimes you use the paintbrush, you know, typically, you know, just you know, brush the weathering on. Um, but there's a lot you could do. There's a lot to learn from it. But you know, I like it better than trying to use an airbrush. Um, because there's not much technique you could do with an airbrush. And I have a cat that's flipping out on me here. Come here. <laughs> All right, Doc is going to join the podcast. All right. <laughs> All right. <laughs> uh, yeah, basically some flat paints, paint brushes, paint thinner, uh, you know, napkins, towels, that kind of thing. And... You're good to go. You're good to get started with that. And and obviously, like like you said before, you know, use a piece of rolling stock that's either maybe maybe it's broken, or heck, you know, go out and buy uh, you know, go to Menards if you have a if you yeah have a Menards near you, or you can order Menards and you know order a twenty dollar you know Menards you know roll piece of rolling stock mm-hmm. and uh, and use that as like your test bed. Oh sure. Yep, you could definitely do that. Um, yeah, any piece of rolling stock. I mean, I got one time I did, you know, buy a couple of junk cars on eBay. I paid like nine bucks for a box car, and you know, did it again. I got a couple of hoppers cheap for like fifteen bucks. Um, you could find stuff real cheap, and then just you know, even if it's not scale, just try to make it look real, and uh, just practice on that. Yeah, before you go to, you know, your expensive cars, you know, yeah, start with something cheap and then work your way up. Yep. Yeah, Yeah, I could never, never, like... Don't don't get your prized Lionel Legacy steam engine and start with that. Oh, my God, I would... I I couldn't... (laughs) Yeah, right? I I, I would never, like, I would just be... I'm, you know... uh, Right now, I, like, you know, when I move it, I hardly even try to move it around because I'm so, like you know, afraid I'm going to drop it. I'm like, yeah, you, you just sit right there and uh, yeah, I won't move you really much <laughs> at all. That's <laughs> yeah. uh, you gotta be but, careful. Yeah, I got yeah. a couple of more weathering videos coming out uh, soon. Uh, Matt's seen uh, the B&O EM one. I've weathered that. Oh, yeah. that also that uh, uh, awesome. Hudson, the J3A. And then, um, I'm going to do the 2104 Texas, and I just acquired a 4122 Union Pacific uh, 9000 series steamer. So I'll be weathering all of that, you know, pretty soon. Probably just going to do like one video of like a whole bunch of steam engines linked together, you know, just clip after clip and showcase uh, what they look like. That'd be cool. That's yeah, awesome. That's the same with some diesels. And then maybe. Hey, now, are you actually going to show uh, just. Huh? Um, so just to double check, are you actually going to show on your videos uh, um, you actually weathering them, or is it just more of the finished product? 
I just show the finished product. Um, okay. Okay. Yeah. No, I haven't done a step-by-step on how I weather yet. Uh, but right okay. now I've just been filming the finished product. So it would be kind of hard for me to set up, uh, you know, and work the camera when I'm trying to, you know, do the weathering. So. Yeah, I, 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 I can understand that. It's, it's even just, even just doing reviews right now on my channel, uh, trying to get the, uh, the camera angle right and trying making sure the product actually gets displayed correctly mm-hmm. is one thing. And then you're actually trying to like, you know, weather and paint something and you know i I could see where if you don't have like uh the right kind of setup it would be very difficult Mm -hmm. even like for my uh like tutorial videos like when i do my led conversions Uh you know it's like and i gotta solder something and i want to show it on the video like you know i keep saying hey i'm looking through the phone when i'm doing this so it's like you know i know what i'm doing it just i have to look at the phone because it's in my way of where i would normally be soldering so mm-hmm. it's like you know i got a four, uh, 600 degree soldering iron so i don't want to you know burn myself <laughs> done that, no, that would hurt a little bit just a little <laughs> bit <laughs> yeah that uh, i yeah I, I could attest to that so <laughs> yeah there'll be a slight ouch <laughs> yeah just a little bit <laughs> Uh, all right, cool. Now, um, another thing, and this, I guess, goes along the same lines, is uh, detailing detailing passenger sets. Uh, yeah. What was kind of what was kind of inspiration with that? Uh, passenger sets, mm-hmm. I, the same concept. I try to find out what the interior of the train actually looked like and go from there. Uh, I, so far, I've done uh, my favorite project. I've done is uh, the 1948 Broadway Limited uh, for another friend of mine, the Lionel one. Uh, I did all prototypical colors inside, and I think it came out fantastic. Um, eventually, I'll be doing my Golden Gate Depot set the same way. And right now, I'm working on the Hummingbird. Although it was kind of tough to find interior pictures of the Hummingbird, it's you know the LNN Hummingbird is not a real famous train like the Broadway. Um, it's more of an underdog. But mm. what I did is I found as many prototype photos as I could, and then I basically went with my own thing for the rest. So, you know, I'm not going to say all of what I'm doing because uh, I'm throwing in some surprises for my customer that he doesn't know about yet. Uh, <laughs> which I know he'll like it, you know, <laughs> I'm not worried about that, but, uh, you know, uh, you'll see it in the video probably in about two weeks. I'll have it done. Oh, cool. Mm-hmm. So and like, uh, I, I think my fight, yeah, my favorite project, um, from you is that, uh, El Capitan, the Amtrak, Oh yeah, yeah, that was. Oh, great that one. one, that one is beautiful. Yeah, the diner. Did a fantastic job yeah, with that. Those cars got some attention. Mm-hmm. I like that color theme too. I'm going to repeat that color theme on uh, the Penn Central set uh, for the diner nice. car. So nice, nice. Yeah, that came out nice. So, and then the uh, silver meteor too. That's another passenger set. That one was easy. There's a ton of interior photos of that uh, Sun Lounge car. So that one was pretty easy to replicate. Cool. Mm-hmm. So, and then I got a ton of passenger sets for myself I haven't done yet. <laughs> <laughs> so one day I'll get my own sets done. Uh, looking forward to the Columbian and the Train of Tomorrow. Those, are, those have beautiful interiors. 
the train of tomorrow that thing is beautiful mm-hmm. was it all yeah, dome it's a, real, it's a gorgeous set it needs new lighting so i have to get new led boards for it because the lighting is very spotty in that set but uh you know i'll do this same thing i want to put like tablecloths on it uh, the dining car on the train of tomorrow actually had a functioning dumbwaiter elevator that would go from the kitchen below up to the dome. So Ooh. I'd love to make that somehow make a actual dumbwaiter that has like food on it that goes up and down. <laughs> that would be cool. That'd, that'd be really cool. Yeah. I'd also like to stick a Vista vision camera in it. Yeah, that, that would be really nice. You know, that feature, the camera, it's really cool. And, you know, I like that it's small enough to where you can put it in basically wherever you want. Yeah. You know, it's especially on that set with it being all domes. Mm-hmm. That would just be really, really nice. Yeah, it really would be. Um, just want to get a good quality camera. I've looked at, you know, I don't mean to get too off topic, but I've looked at, you know, some of the videos of the Vista Vision cars, you know, domes, uh, cabooses, whatever. And it just seems like the quality is not that great. Um, I'm wondering if there's a way to, you know, get a better quality camera. I don't know. Yeah, it's just a thought. But, yeah, you know, I don't want to get too off topic from that. That's a whole other project. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But uh, um, bouncing, bouncing back to weathering, how long would it – so how long do you think it takes to weather a boxcar? And then how long do you think it would take to weather a, you know, like a – you know, a northern steam engine, for example. How long does it take to weather? Yes. Uh, I, I, you kind of faded out on that last part. I got weather a boxcar and then I didn't. Oh, get... sorry about that. Um, So how long do you think, so weathering a boxcar, how long do you think it would take? And then weathering a, you know, like a scale steam engine. So basically, how long does it take to weather a boxcar? How long does it take to weather a big boy? Something like Correct. that. Correct. Yes. Okay. <laughs> um, well, that really depends. Uh, it depends on what you want to do with the boxcar. Uh, if it's a clean boxcar that just carries paper goods and, you know, it could take maybe an hour, hour and a half, two hours at, at the most for like a clean boxcar. So you just take the trucks off, you weather the trucks and then do some, you know, basically spray paint brown and then you do your highlights on the trucks, uh, underside and then, um, you know, then I typically move to the roof. And then the last thing I do is the car body sides, you know, like running down off the roof and stuff like that. Uh, and it depends on what time period I'm putting the boxcar in. If it's like end of steam era and it's a really old boxcar or especially a wood, old wood boxcar, it's going to get a lot of heavy weathering. Uh, it's going to get a lot of uh, accents on the wood uh, to make the wood look stressed and it's going to get some steam ash, you know, figuring that at some point in its lifetime, it was toward the front of a steam train and, you know, it's going to get all kinds of highlights like that. Now, something like a more modern box car that's just used to haul spools of paper, it's just going to get a light dusting on the underside mostly, and maybe a little bit on the roof from sitting in the sun. Uh, so it all depends. Uh, a box car could take anywhere from an hour to a few days. It all depends on what you're, representing in the boxcar um some transitional era boxcars actually hauled coal and cement and stuff like that and they were modified for that type of cargo and they're going to have a lot more runoff than a boxcar that hauls uh, potatoes or paper um now for a steamer like a big boy um 
my EM1 took about four hours. So the technique for a big boy, it's a little bit different um, because of just the location that a big boy operated in um, or any other big steamer. Um, but the, I think the timing would be about the same. Uh, if you're going for lighter weathering uh, in the steam era, um, you know, it's for me, lighter weathering on a steam engine is a little tougher because you really got to be careful where you're putting your accents and stuff like that. So I might study it a while and it might take me a little longer to do that. Uh, when you weather a steam engine heavily, uh, there's a, more leeway. It's uh, more forgiving because if you make a mistake, you could always weather it heavier and cover it up. <laughs> so um, timing wise, it really just depends on what you're looking for. Um, I've weathered steam engines faster than I've weathered some rolling stock. So, and vice versa. So it's kind of okay. hard to put a time limit on it. Okay. Yeah. I just thought maybe in general, if you had a time, but yeah. that's, um, that's good information. Yeah. And now, uh, what about a subway set? Same kind of deal. That's a long time and a lot of work. Uh, okay. because you know, it's, it's six cars, it's six individual cars. Now, you can kind of rinse and repeat the technique a little bit with a subway uh, because, you know, the, the cars do vary somewhat, but, you know, the variations in the weathering is a little more subtle than what you would see on a freight train. So um, a lot of – I've seen people weather subways the way, the way they would weather rolling stock, and that's just not correct. Subways get a lot of soot and ash on their roof from going through those tunnels. So there's a lot of buildup on the tunnel roofs, and that falls onto the top of the subway car, especially in the old days, like the 50s and 60s. And into okay. the 70s and 80s, the roofs of the subway cars are black. Um, and it's not that they're painted black. It's that they have a lot of uh, soot covering on them. And um, so whereas a typical freight car doesn't look anything like that. And then – uh, I lost my train of thought. Sorry. Um, yeah. So then when you get to like the sides, the trucks and stuff like that, uh, you see a lot of the, you see more sand and more dirt on them. And, and then once you get to that, once you get done with the outside, you may as well do the inside too. So paint sure. the floors, paint the uh, chairs and put figures in them. Uh, add decals, you know, advertisement billboards. And if it's a graffiti train, you want to do graffiti on the outside and the inside. Uh, that's the correct way to do it. Sure. Uh, so it's like graffiti era, basically go nuts. <laughs> yeah. Uh, the subway cars were covered inside and out with graffiti. Um, so if you want to properly replicate it, you got to do everything. And then you got to put all your advertisement billboards in the subway car, and then you got to cover them with graffiti. So, yeah, subways are a lot of work. Um, in one regard, they're more work than the passenger sets and the freight cars and steam engines. Uh, there's just a lot to do to make them look correct. That's one of the reasons why I've been selling off a lot of them because there's no way I'm going to do the entire collection that I have. <laughs> you know, I'm picking my favorites. Well, the the, pro the problem is uh... – Maybe, oh, I don't know, somebody that's getting them, you'll see them all again, so you'll eventually get them all. <laughs> yeah, that's true. You know, you've been buying most of them, so <laughs> yeah, yeah. I'm going to see them again. Mm -hmm. <laughs> so whether you like it or not, you're going to see them again. <laughs> mm -hmm. Yeah. But no, that, that's really cool. Yeah, it is cool. It's fun. Um, it took me a long time even to do the R12s that I've done. Uh, they took longer than any other pieces that I have other than some of the Golden Gate Depot passenger sets. 
How long? How long have you? Um, how long have you been weathering? Uh four years, maybe something like that. Okay. Yeah, I had the channel before I started weathering. So somewhere there's a really fuzzy video of me showing off the white subway cars as I think my first weathering project. So I called it my first because it, you know it's the first keeper. But before I did it, I actually you know weathered a couple of junk box cars. So, and I have no idea where those box cars are. I might have blown them out for like twenty bucks or something. I don't remember. <laughs> but uh, my first real project was those white subway cars, and then the H sixteen dash forty four, the yellow one. So that's really cool. But yeah, start off with some stuff that you know you don't mind getting dirty or messing up, making mistakes. And then move on to something that means something to you, something special, you know, because you'll put a lot of effort into it. So, but, you know, pick something special that's not overly expensive, you know, just in case you do make mistakes. So. Mm-hmm. And, and then, uh, cool. And then I had another question. It kind of goes back to passenger trains. Sure. So let's take a classic passenger train, something that probably would not be weathered or weathered heavily. Let's say the empire state express. Yeah. Okay. What would you do for something like that? Empire state express actually list to do. Um, I have two of those sets, uh, one for me, one for a friend. Um, what I am going to do with the empire state express is, uh, I'll start with the RPO car and I want to, add you know people figures working in the rpo um with sorting mail sorting letters and stuff like that and packages and stuff like that mm-hmm. and you know painted authentic do like a uh, simulated wood floor and stuff like that excuse me and uh, you know really make it look like the interior of an rpo car um and then there's the uh, baggage combined lounge so what i would basically do uh The baggage section would be like the RPO, just, you know, packages and simulated wood floor. Um, The lounge section, I would want to repaint the Golden Gate Depot seats the right color because Golden Gate Depot just tends to use like brown and yellow for their seat colors, which, you know, it's just pretty generic. So Mm. I'd want to do like the real seat colors with a nice glossy shine on some of the, you know, like the, the metal seats and the bar and just make it look like the real Empire State Express. And then uh, coaches will probably just do like the simulated uh, stainless armrests, um, add more people and maybe paint the floor a different color, like the whatever color the carpet is in the coach or just paint the floor that color. Uh, parlor cars, I would want to do like real swivel white, you know, really nice white swivel chairs with the right linens and carp- do a real carpet on the floor for the parlors. Uh, you could get dollhouse carpets and cut it down to size and glue it in. And I'd take an X-Acto knife and put little slits uh, down the aisleway uh, of each side and then glue your seats in. And then it looks seamless. Oh, cool. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I was going to ask how you do something like that. Yeah. Uh, put the carpet down first and then use an X-Acto knife to cut away where you're going to glue the seats. But, you know, leave, you know, just cut a little hole and use crazy glue. It won't go nowhere. Um, and just, you know, make sure that it looks seamless. So if you look at my silver meteor video, that's what I did. That's I rebuilt the floor of that car. And uh, that's what I did to make it look seamless. 
And then same thing with the other cars, the dining cars. Uh, I would do tablecloths. I'm still kind of working on a technique to make a real tablecloth. I have an idea, but uh, I have to do some reading on it. Uh, I would also like to do like real lamps with LEDs in them. Matt, I might ask. I want to do that too. <laughs> <laughs> what did you say now? Huh? What, you want to run that by me again? Yeah, I was saying I want to solder like you know, make working lamps for my dining room tables and some of my passenger sets. That's some really, you know, fine detailed soldering to do that. So yeah, I'd be asking they for make, your help on that. <laughs> <laughs> they make, um, what you call it? They make pre-wired, uh, talking to Matt while you were, uh, connecting, yeah. uh, scale three designs, they make the lamps, and um, you can buy pre-wired like surface mount LEDs and stick them in there, and that would probably get the job done. Nice. So that way you wouldn't have to find solder it. Yeah, Scale Studio Designs has some nice stuff. Uh, they have like full dining room plate settings, and um, I typically buy packs of those to stick in the dining cars. So Those are cool. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I like their stuff. They make a lot of really cool detail parts. Mm-hmm. Now, like for an interior like that, like let's say a plate or a piece of silverware or something, do you like what kind of colors do you use for that? Just like a white and a silver or something like that, or what? Um, I've uh, I've used either white or silver for the plates, and then um, I put food on them too. I just get like a some you know acrylic paint and just kind of glob it on there uh, to try to make it look like a steak. <laughs> and then uh, a glob of green represents vegetables and then like an off-white for your mashed potatoes and cool. uh, you know then there's like this little coffee cup thing attached to the you know the plate so i brown or black you know to represent a cup of coffee and you know or a salad uh, i don't know it's like a bowl so i guess it's coffee or salad i don't remember i've done one in a while <laughs> but um you know i just I try to make it look like dinner. Cool. So, and from a distance, it, it looks pretty good. I mean, it looks like there's food on the plate. Especially when you got the show on and stuff. It's like, you know, you're not studying the interior of the car. I mean, well, some of us do that, but, you know, um, yeah. it's like, you know, you can, it gets the job done. You know what I mean? It's really, really cool. You did a, like the, uh, what set was it? The Broadway Lemon, I think it was. One of them that you did the interior with the food, it, it looks fantastic. Yeah. It really does. Yeah, most of the sets, most of my dining cars, I put food in the plates. Um, I have a heavyweight Pensy Diner I did it with, the Broadway. Um, oh, nice. My Empire State Express set now. And there's a couple others. Um, Silver Meteor Diner, the Amtrak Diner uh, that I have. Mm-hmm. It has plates and food on it. I haven't pulled that out in a while. So oh, nice. uh, I have at least like three or four diners that I've done that with already. Um, cool. and then I have a bunch of the really nice diners I haven't done yet because, uh, I want to, you know, step it up a little bit. Mm-hmm. And then I had, uh, two more questions. Yeah. Uh, well, that I could think of right now. First one was um, uh, I talked about the Empire State Express because I asked you about the, uh, weathering on like the outside of the train. Would you ever touch that or just leave it clean? I'll leave it clean. Okay, that's that's what I thought, and like probably like other sets like daylight and stuff yeah. like that. You kind of leave it clean, okay? Yeah, I would leave it clean. Um, All right, especially like the daylight and the super chief and some of those uh, really prestigious trains. 
they were washed mm-hmm. at the end of every run, and then the trucks and undersides were touched up painted. So they were fresh oh, really? for every run right up until the end. So oh, wow. You, you, pro, from a prototypical standpoint, you would never weather those sets. Okay. And then uh, the um, circling back on weathering real quick, the uh, MP54, the uh, Pennsylvania, or the Long Island, makes no difference really. Um, yeah. Those those are beautiful. That Long Island set you got in the uh, Pensy Tuscan Red, oh, that's a nice one. You like that one? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I like tried that to buy it from cool. you, but <laughs> you said no. <laughs> You said no. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it's like it's well, like fine. <laughs> it's, it's like all right, you know. Hey, you want this? Yeah, I do. And then two hours later, I'm gonna keep it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I just have so much stuff. I'm going back and forth with what I want to sell. <laughs> sure. No, uh, I, I agree. I do. Yeah, I do like that one. I haven't run it in a while, but uh, mm. yeah. Was that kind of like the same process as all your other ones? You know, look at books, look at photos, that kind of thing, yep. and go for it. Cool. Yep, basically, same concept. Look at books, look at photos. Uh, change the generic interior colors to something a little closer to real life and put some people in them and then weather the outside. Nice. Yep. Same basic concept. Cool. Yeah. I mean, the best advice I could give for weathering is try to develop your own technique. Uh, do what's comfortable for you. Um, reason why I don't really use chalks and airbrushes is because, you know, I think it could look a little more realistic than that. And, you know, that's why I decided to just try paint and it's worked for me. So, but yeah, best thing I could, I mean, if you want to try an airbrush, try it. There's nothing wrong with it. It just, it's not what I do, but, um, you know, find a technique that works for you and that you're happy with and that works for your railroad and your time period. Uh, all different uh, styles and techniques that could be used depending on what your railroad is and what you're modeling. True. Really cool stuff. Yeah. So, you know, a lot of New York City and Long Island stuff from back in the day was very heavily weathered and neglected. Same thing with Pensy, uh, Pennsylvania mm-hmm. Railroad was you know known for not maintaining their equipment as well as they could have um so that comes through in the weathering process new york central the exact opposite until the end of the steam era their stuff was always in really good shape so Mm. you know study your railroad and then figure out uh what what kind of weathering you're going to do True. And yeah, like, like you said, you know, look at books, look at photos and that, that really, that's your best resource really. Yeah. Uh, you know, at the end of my weathering videos, I started to, you know, tack on a few of the photo references I used. So I've started doing that lately. Um, and I'll do the same thing when I, you know, upload the steam engines. So. Sure. Really, really cool. Yeah. Yep. Fun stuff. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, I'm happy to see it, you know, starting to, you know, take, you know, some three railers starting to take interest in weathering. I think it's cool. It really adds to the realism. Mm-hmm. I think it's just one of those things that, you know, when the more people do it, the more exposure it gets, the more people get interested in it. Yeah. Um, I didn't know too much about it when I first got into O scale. And I would say in the last few years uh, with, um, Henry doing a lot of things for uh, Mr. Muffin's trains, and there's been a lot of um, folks oh, Harry, that have come out. 
Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, doing custom things for uh, for him, and it just um, it seems to have like kind of caught on a bit, and people, uh, you know, there's always that thing that somebody people want to do something different, right? And it's um, yep. it's come to this that stage where you know, okay, I want to I want to make my engine a little bit more realistic. I want to make it look like it's you know been outside, uh, you know, for quite a long time. It's been through a lot. It's put on a lot of hours of work. And, you know, that's what I'm, you know, that's what I'm going for. So, yeah, I, I, it's exciting. And, and, um, and I, I really like yeah, uh, looking exciting. at weathered things. So I, <laughs> I look at weathered things and I look at mine and I'm like, man, like it looks like mine <laughs> might have all come out of the shop brand new, right? <laughs> <laughs> exactly. That yeah. Northern, that what, 484 Santa Fe Northern, just brand new. <laughs> <laughs> and when you say, have like the Lionel smoke effects on a weathered engine, it, just looks so cool. It's so much more yeah. real. Yep. Oh yeah. I, I, I totally agree. Like, I can't wait to see somebody uh, weather or uh, see a lot of those weathered uh, northerns. Gs, uh, you know, the uh, southern Pacific northerns weathered mm-hmm. uh, to see what those look like because I bet you those look like pretty oh, the, sweet. Uh, oh, the GS series. Yeah, the GS. Yeah. Yeah. yeah um, Harry Heike weathered uh, a GS one. Uh, there's pictures of it on the forum. Mm-hmm. And a T one for that matter, yeah, and a yeah a T one as well, uh, a C and O T one, yeah, not a Pensy one. So, but, uh, but yeah, somebody did get a, a GS one weathered by Harry Heike. Now, now I wonder if someone's going to get a, a GS one uh, weathered from Lionel by DJ. That's the real <laughs> question. <laughs> I don't know. I haven't had any requests for it yet, um, but I haven't really. <laughs> put too much weathered steam stuff up there i did just the long islander long island steam engine and uh what else the cc2 I think I only put up long island steam engines uh for weathering you did um, the cc2 oh, no, i did no what am i talking about <laughs> i did the uh cc2 in the buffalo rochester and pittsburgh malay too yeah that cc2 looks fantastic thanks yeah that one a, and fun one Oh yeah, that one and the um, that one looks great with the smoke effects, and I know that keeps circling back to the H10 because I'm a bias with that one. But uh, that yeah. one looks awesome with the smoke effects, the H10. Yeah, but that thing that. looks completely different than it does out of the box. Oh sure, I couldn't believe it was the same engine. <laughs> <laughs> Seriously, it's like I look at my, I looked at mine when I was watching your video. It's like mine looks like that. Oh my god, I gotta get it out of here pronto. I still haven't done it. Yet. <laughs> no, I need to fix it. Yeah, I need to uh, send it out to my buddy. Uh, but once it gets fixed, it's going to you, and it's going to be weathered up. Okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that'll be fun. Mm-hmm. All right. Well, uh, I don't think I have anything else. Uh, Matt, do you have anything else? No, I can't think of anything. I think I've asked all my questions and uh, everything. Okay. But this is a lot of fun. I really enjoyed this one. Yeah, oh, this cool. was great. I'm glad you enjoyed uh, it. Yeah, thank you, DJ, for coming yeah, on and 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 going over weathering, especially for folks that uh, sure. don't know too much about questions. the subject. Uh, <laughs> yeah. yeah, no, yeah. you did. You absolutely did, and and uh, I'm sure there might. Who knows? Maybe we'll have more questions after this gets uh, posted. Okay. Uh, and uh, I definitely want to get your information. Oh, you know, one other thing that I wanted to ask. Um, that I forgot. And, and if this is something that uh, we, we can, we can remove this from the, the podcast, but it's, it, 
how much does it cost to get yeah, something weathered too? Like what, what's what's a not an, an exact pricing, but what is a good round number uh, if you wanted a box car moderately weathered? How much would that run you? Just a, a regular box car, any piece of rolling stock. It costs, yes, I charge about forty five for that. Okay. Um, okay. Diesels, I typically charge sixty five unless you send three or more. And then it's I'd knock it down to fifty five. Uh, okay. Steam engines start at a hundred. Okay, and I'm guessing too that you you know shipping is paid both ways too by the by the yeah, person yeah, that wants the, it weathered. Okay, yeah, the person sending to me has got to pay round trip shipping. Okay, good. I just I wanted to make sure that was uh, that we we had brought that up. And mm-hmm. to, just to clarify that, so people kind of understand, like, you know, I don't want people to, wait, hey, we listen to your podcast about uh, weathering, but uh, yeah, I like how much is the most important question, right? How much yeah. does it cost? Yeah. Uh, you know, obviously, if you're not going to do it yourself and you want somebody else to do it, well, you want to have a rough idea of how much that's going to cost. Yeah, mm-hmm. exactly. Yeah. So, all right. Uh, awesome. And I want to make sure that we get all of your information in here because uh, if anybody is interested, uh, you know, check out. DJ's resources, check out his YouTube channel. You can see all of the work that he's done. Uh, DJ, where can people find you on social media? Uh, you could go to my YouTube channel, um, which is DJ's Old Gage Trains. And in the description of most of my videos is an email address you could reach me at, which is DJ's World at yahoo.com. Um, so you could email me there for inquiries, uh, pricing, and, you know, any any questions you might have okay i'll make sure to put that information in the show notes as well okay. uh the website and your email address so that way people could just look right in our show notes and if they want to email you right from there they got your email address and matt how about you where can people find you, you can find me on youtube under matt dash train lover 9943 and you can also find me on facebook under the same name okay and i can be found on youtube at west chicago model railroad and on Facebook under the same name. So, folks, gentlemen, thank you for joining us. And uh, I, this was a great podcast, and I'm excited to get this out there. And I think people are excited to, to excited to listen to this. Mm-hmm. I think it's an important topic. I think it's a topic that I've, I haven't really seen done that much. Mm-hmm. So uh, if anyone out there who's listening to this, please uh, leave us comments. Uh, let us know how you're liking the podcast. Let us know if there's something in the future that you want to see as far as, you know, any kind of topics. Mm -hmm. And with that said, uh, have a great night, everybody. Have a good one. Thanks, DJ. All right. Thank you. Bye-bye.